Welcome back, listeners, to If I Only Knew, the podcast where Matt and I, my co-host, speak about all those things that the generations wonder about each other. G'day, Matt. How are you today? Hello, Fred. I'm doing great, as always. Good to see you. Mate, I want to delve into, I want to deep dive into something that I think your generation gets a bit better than mine, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's the power of the online recommendation or review. Right, yeah. Okay. So let me set the scene. I take my family away over the holidays, which is a very Australian thing to do. We're in a holiday spot, very COVID safe, and we're looking for somewhere to eat, okay? We don't know the area, but there's a bit of an esplanade. You know, the, the restaurants are all pumping and they're busy and we get into one, okay? And we've been there once before. It was this time a year previously and it wasn't very good. But you know what? kids are hungry, people are tired, there's a free seat, we sit down, lo and behold, it's ordinary again. It's too expensive, <laughs> the food's too slow, the service is crap, and it's okay, but it's definitely not okay for the money. Right. Yeah. So I decide that I'm going to do an online review. I jump online and I'm absolutely stunned and amazed this place hasn't been pilloried by everybody that's ever been there, mm. but there's nothing. There's not a single review. Oh, really? Ah. Now, it makes me wonder, A, am I a Karen if I leave a bad review? <laughs> or secondly, what prompts people to leave reviews? So tell me a bit about this from your understanding, mate, because I think you guys are a little bit quicker with your thumbs on on certain things do you use reviews do they mean anything to you oh, absolutely this is a great topic because i think it's really important to consumer behavior for young people especially no doubt about it i uh before i buy almost anything i look at reviews for it um because why wouldn't you they're so easy so easy to get and uh there's there's a real sense of like leaving a review if you've had a a notable experience is important to preserve that for posterity you know so other people can can get their hands on it so they can learn about your experience so absolutely reviews are really important i think um i've felt very fascinated that there are no reviews on this restaurant that you left to leave one on because most places have a review or two if you've got a lot of foot traffic you've got a lot of people coming there's at least going to be a few people leaving some i wonder if they're getting rid of their reviews somehow fred which is the other side of review leaving you be a bit skeptical of it uh because there are ways to manipulate whether you keep good reviews you get rid of bad ones you get rid of them all depending on the platform depending on how reliable it is you can tinker with that as a business owner so that's really interesting i'm not going to cast any spurious uh thoughts on on that particular restaurant i wouldn't want to do that so, but. so can i ask a question mm -hmm. if you and your mates were looking for somewhere to eat yeah would you use reviews to help narrow down the choices? For sure, for sure. Probably not in Melbourne because reasonably familiar here, but if I'm yep. overseas or whatever, I, I love pulling out like TripAdvisor even if I'm overseas, I even if I'm just in, in another state, I like looking at what TripAdvisor has to stay, say is nearby because you can filter really effectively with it, which I really like. You can say, give me this price range in this area, all that kind of thing. And then you get to see the top reviewed places. Super useful. Now tell me, would you be turned off a restaurant that had a 4.5 star rating with mostly good reviews and a couple of bad ones. Not at all, because reviewers are people. People get bad experiences. People can be irrational. People can feel badly about things. Anything above a 
anything with a four or above with quite a few reviews is is pretty safe to my mind because most people have had a good experience um, it's also sometimes worth reading some of the negative reviews because people can be damn stupid sometimes Fred and sometimes people leave reviews for the dumbest reasons and so uh, it's important that you actually know the the stats you're basing your decision off of but uh, anything that's reasonably high with a reasonable number of reviews makes me pretty happy yeah so if somebody's sanitizing reviews for example you find a restaurant that's been established for a while and there's no reviews is that a red flag yeah for sure for me, for me it definitely is um, and maybe if you're looking in like a really niche place for the reviews maybe you've just got to look somewhere else but if you can't find reviews about it on google reviews or TripAdvisor or like anywhere pretty significant something's wrong there either they have like changed their profile regularly enough to keep scrubbing reviews or there's some deal with the website or whatever it might be i would expect most places to have a few reviews and it's weird because not everyone leaves a review right quite a very few percentage of people leave reviews but i think there's a respect toward people who leave reviews you know if you leave reviews you're being helpful to other people and you know if only 0.1 percent of people leave a review you know, every week a restaurant will get a review or something. Yep. So it's, yep. you'd expect that there'd be uh, a couple around most of the time. Yeah. Well, I saw at least five people complaining that night. So I reckon <laughs> this restaurant has a great way of scrubbing yeah, reviews. Wow. What would prompt you to leave a positive review, Matt? I'm really keen to know because you're a target demographic for a lot of people, mm. right? That's a great question. I think... Um, I am hard to motivate to get reviews. Some people just leave like reviews most of the time they go around. There are some people who really um, understand and value the uh, importance of them, and so they're really good about having an active presence. Um, that's the least uh, interesting demographic for leaving reviews, I think, because that's what they do. For me, I need a, a special experience of some sort. So I very recently went to a restaurant owned by a, f- a friend of my family sort of thing, and... Uh, it just so happened to be an absolutely outstanding experience and I was really, really happy. Um, so we left a positive review. Now, it helped that we knew the uh, knew the place so we felt like we were supporting a local business, if you yeah. like. You know, like it felt like there was a real, um, a real good goal behind this. But the experience was probably just about good enough that we would have left one anyway. It was great service. Um, the food was outstanding, reasonably priced, convenient, etc., etc., so the, the good reviews, I need something a bit special to leave. And maybe it's a bit of a problem of the human condition because it's easier to get me to leave a negative review than it is to get me to leave a positive review, I would yeah. say. I think it's interesting. There's an old stat that in marketing that used to say a satisfied customer sells three people, a dissatisfied customer tells 10. Yeah, right. And I think the internet's a great place for people that have a, a keyboard warrior mentality to really slam a business. But the question for me is about the good reviews. Now, would it be off-putting for you if somebody that did something for you that you were happy with asked for a good review? That's a really interesting question, Fred, because I suspect sometimes it would and other times it wouldn't be. And I'm not exactly sure where the difference would be, but it would probably have something to do with the amount of rapport and the relationship we'd built in the short time that we'd been interacting with one another. If I felt like they were just some big corporate business or something that was you know like a a billion dollar multinational or something i'd be a bit put off because i'd be like are you you really spending our our good relationship to try and get me to promote the interests of this completely non-human large entity that really my singular review doesn't matter for that would 
put me off, I wouldn't want to do that. But if I had some sense that I was helping the individual employee who'd helped me find the right yeah. computer, if they said, oh, could you please leave a review because it'll it'll work toward my KPIs or something, yeah. and they've done a great job getting me a new piece of tech or whatever, I'd be super happy to do that. So it's probably something about the human element there of I know I'm helping someone, I know that uh, it's a part of something that matters rather than just being asked to spend my time doing something, sending it off into the ether of the internet sort of thing. What about the concept of informal reviews? There's a lot of Facebook groups. It may be around a certain interest or it may be geographic. Uh, my family's a part of a few where someone might say, hey, I'm in this area. I need a good house painter that's not going to rip me off and be reliable. Do you think those sorts of uh, recommendations have more power than, say, a, a Google review? I like that question a lot because I think there's there again a double-edged sword because I think the advantage of the inter, the way the internet reviews things is you can aggregate statistics so you can remove people who are the outliers you can remove the the singular great review from a heap of bad ones or the singular bad one from a heap of great ones and that's a real strength that you get from talking to a lot of people but this human element's really important to getting something and and if someone goes to me and says oh I think this is the best painter, then I'm far more likely to trust them because they've come to me directly. We've had a personable conversation about it and yep. I'm trusting their expertise in an area that I've asked for help in. And so I think most of the time, I'd be very in support of that, especially for niche hobbies and areas. I suspect in niche things, I'm thinking of some of the video gaming and the tabletop mm. board gaming that I do, you'd quickly earn a reputation for being a trickster because these communities are close-knit, because you know that you're close with one another. And so I wouldn't expect you'd be able to get away with it if I had faith in the community that I was a part of here. If I'm just talking to everyone in Melbourne, I'd be a lot more sceptical of getting ripped off, I think. Um, yeah. But if you've got some faith in the sub-community you're working with, I definitely would have a lot of uh, respect for that review. It's it's interesting, actually, because there have been a few times where people have done a good job for us and said, if there's an opportunity to recommend us, don't bother with Google reviews, but if there's an opportunity to recommend us, by all means, we pick up a lot of work like that. Right, yeah. So one I can remember is we got a, a removalist to help us with our last move, and... Um, they were great. They were excellent. They were beyond good, actually. Uh, they went the extra mile and they were super value-based. Uh, they could have charged a lot more than they did, so on and so forth. Cool. So every time somebody in a community chat asks about removalists, um, my wife or myself will put up a comment to say, we've used these guys, they were excellent. What actually then validates that is the amount of people that jump on and say, yes, I agree. Yeah. Those guys were affordable, they were reliable. And there's a sort of sense of validation for your service agreement that that many people agree with the service. The other one that I can give an example of, I, it's a strange one, but I had my eyes corrected by an ophthalmologist. Um, and if he's listening, Dr. David Genge, I think his hands are blessed by, you know, whatever <laughs> higher power he believes in. <laughs> And he he had come so highly recommended that I felt really privileged when I got in to see him. And then the experience not only exceeded my expectations, but it exceeded my expectations every time. And I have, whenever been given the opportunity, I have always recommended him to people only to have 
dozens of other people say, this guy's the rock star. He's the guy to go to. And by by reference, you feel the value of that referral. Like, not only do I think he's the best, but he must be because people that he's touched all agree. It's not to say that other recommendations aren't good. Mm-hmm. It's to say that my experience with him has been validated because other experiences that people have had with him. And he's the one of the few services I've left a Google review for with five stars because it was a near perfect experience. And in fact, he saved my site. So I would have given more than five stars. I think I, I prefer the community referrals, a good painter, a good carpenter, a reliable X, Y, Z. I worry a little bit about Google reviews because I could see how I could manipulate those to make something look better than it was. Do you think there's a risk with reviews around that manipulation? And and if so, how do you kind of navigate that? Mm, I think that's a really good point because that speaks to the real crux of the internet to me because I think that the internet works with relationships like what the the best reviews that you've gotten there and the best experiences you've had are ones where you have a relationship of sorts to the person you're recommending or that you're being recommended to if your only relationship to the person's whose review you're reading is i read it on the internet that's pretty thin and people are community creatures you know we love having that connection to people because we can then hold them accountable for bad choices we can reward them for good ones all that kind of thing and so I do think that's a big risk of just this anonymous, um, open breadth side of the internet. I think it comes with the recognition that the internet is always going to be like this. And so if I'm relying on Google reviews or whatever, I know that I might be wrong, but I'm conscious to look for places that are, you know, I'm aware that they might be scrubbing their reviews. I'm aware that there might be risks associated with it. I tend to actually look for a lot of the purchases that I make for YouTube videos because people speaking to me on camera with a comment section and a like and dislike button seem to be a lot more reliable than uh, just some random blog post on the internet because a YouTuber to be successful has to cultivate a community and they have to keep people coming back to their videos whereas a random blog post takes you know 50 minutes to write could be anything um and so i find that to be a bit more compelling i think it's these mechanisms for accountability that we have in place for personal reviews where we have these interpersonal relationships with people can be difficult to achieve online but there are places to get them youtube's a good place facebook communities are a good place because people hold one another accountable and i think that uh where you can achieve those online that's a place to go for reviews if you can't get that for those reviews be skeptical about them don't dismiss them large numbers of data points are usually a bit compelling but be cautious you know matt i think i've learned more about reviews in the last 10 minutes than i need you still haven't told me if i slam that restaurant with a review if i'm a karen or not <laughs> definitely have a go at them if they're if because if, then fred you'll be able to find out if they're scrubbing your review because then you come back a month later and see <gasps> if it's still there Oh, Scooby gang, here we go. (laughs) Matt, I'm going to do that and I will report back on a future podcast as to whether or not my review was scrubbed. Excellent. And if they do it, we're going to name them and shame them. (laughs) Yes. Once we clear that with legal, of course, because, you know, we've got to make sure of these things. Matt, a fantastic episode, another great one. I want to give a shout out to uh, a long-time listener, Brooke B., who uh, has let us know that she's <laughs> waiting for the Superfans episode. Brooke B, long-time listener, 
friend of the pod. We will absolutely be reaching out to you soon. Uh, Matt, thank you for another great episode, and we'll see you next week from If I Only Knew. Awesome, Fred. See you, everyone. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copyrighted material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.